Welcome to the Fishers of Men podcast brought to you by us at So Much Media. I'm Mary Ashley Burton. I'm Lara Samara. This podcast is about relationships and your walk with Jesus. It's about the true stories of Christian men and women's struggles with chastity, sex, marriage, and relationships in a post-Christian culture. podcast we have special guest morgan ayers he is an actor in la and where are you from i'm from memphis tennessee originally and how long have you been in la i've been in la for three and a half years okay so uh we just wanted to bring him on as a male voice talking about christian dating mm. uh you know there's a lot of things that we've talked about on the podcast and we just wanted to get a realistic take on what that looks like from a male perspective i mean of course, we had Derek on, but he was a little different on our chastity episode. We just wanted to get other stories. And Morgan, do you want to start off with, why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Um, uh, like here in the room or like yeah. here in, here in here the in world? Here in the room. Um, I, 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 uh, we, we had talked the other mm-hmm. night uh, and we, we kind of got into a, a nice discussion about uh, dating in the church and what it means to, to pursue a Christian relationship and and some topics were coming up that seemed pretty poignant, and mm-hmm. and uh, we each had very strong opinions about them. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're sitting here and talking about them. Right. And the topic of intimacy specifically, I think, was something that hit, hits both of us sure. in, in a way that's, you know, just in the culture, it seems like people take intimacy for granted, you know, whether right. that's physical or emotional. Right. right. Yeah. In relationships, for sure. So uh, just from what you're seeing in this culture, coming from Memphis and even to L.A. specifically, or just Christian Christianity in general, uh, what is the Christian culture of dating and how are we doing it wrong? So I'm not the most experienced person with dating in the church. Uh, it's, a, it's a relatively new venture for me. But, um, you know, I've, I've been involved in the church pretty much my whole life, so, so I've seen it happen. Um, I think that there's a lot... Um, a lot of problems with how we're taught to interact with the opposite sex, especially in terms of, of a romance and not just a, a, a friendship. Um, as soon as, you know, one or the other party wants to cross the line and, and be what we call intimate, uh, there's a slap on the wrist of you're doing it wrong. Um, I mean, the, the biggest ne- neon sign for me in this is wanting sex equals badness Mm. like like i i was raised in a culture where if you talked about sex if you thought about sex if you wanted sex like that is an impure thought Mm. and that that word was thrown around a lot Mm -hmm. um you have to you know cherish a woman you have to treat her right you have to respect her body and like we we were never taught what that looks like Mm -hmm. exactly we were just told hey don't think about sex because sex is bad save that for marriage but we were never given the tools to to deal with these urges and feelings that we have. Yeah, that's a good point about cherishing a woman and treating her right. Like those are all good things, but if you're never taught the why behind it, exactly, or the how. exactly, or, or the, the how, or the how, it's absolutely. just kind of like, oh, you're impure and you're a bad person and you're a sinner because you want to have sex, and this is something that's given to us by God, and it's a beautiful thing, right. and people misplace that. I mean, legalism is the whole thing about like the law without principle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not just. I'm not going to have sex. Jesus talks about adultery in your heart if you would lust after a woman. But then 
in the end, what does that even mean? What does it mean to lust? Yeah. To singles as well as married. I mean, there's a whole why behind everything. So why shouldn't Christians be afraid of sex? And how are they looking at it wrongly? Um, full disclosure, you know, I've been intimate in relationships in my past. So it's, I'm, my opinion is definitely not coming from, oh, I've never experienced it. It's coming from, like, I've, I've, I have experienced this particular type of interaction. But I think that Christians see sex as this, like, taboo thing that you can't even touch at all until you're married. And, and much of my, my learn, learnings and, and, and medita- meditations and prayer recently is, is focusing on, on how to use sex or how to put sex in the right box inside of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And that would be in, in the confines of a marriage and like why it's important to save that for your wife or your husband. And um, so why do you think that's important now? Um, it's definitely important now for for me because you know I've I've dated I've had serious relationships on and off for the past I don't know ten years I guess and it's one way or another they have never obviously haven't gone to marriage and for for one reason or another and there was a lot of frustration there and a lot of unfulfillment and not being able to label why that was there so I I've decided and I've, I'm coming around to finally trying to find that fulfillment in the, in the right places, in God, in, in prayer, in my, in my relationship with him, and how my actions can affect my future wife, whoever she may be. Mm, mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. So can you just give us a little context? I mean, you don't have to go into details. <laughs> in your past, mm-hmm. actions that you have done with other women before and other relationships, like how have those actions affected them as far as you can see, as well as yourself, maybe in retrospect and maybe not at the time, or maybe at the time, I don't know. Sure. I mean, I think that getting involved in a, in a physical sense, I mean, past making out, is is something that is super emotional and it's something that's it's taken me years to realize how emotional it actually is like it might not feel like it at the time especially for the guy but i mean it's a very emotional thing and it's taking a relationship to a level that i was like i'm not prepared to to deal with like it's it's touching on a connection between two people that's not um substantiated by god really so it kind of just can fall apart really easily and you use physical intimacy as a way to connect with somebody as opposed to an expression of how connected you are. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like how I'm adjusting my mindset of using it as an expression or, or viewing it rather as an expression rather than uh, like the cause of intimacy, mm-hmm. I guess, if that makes or sense. Or like the bridge. That right. It's not the bridge. You instantly to. Right. Right. I mean, you feel close to somebody. I mean, like, like, I mean, it's, it's definitely something that you share and, and respect and it's, it's a, it can be a beautiful thing, but it's just, there's this thing that's missing. This thing, like you don't, you haven't made this big covenant before God. You haven't made this, this promise to the other person to, to fulfill them and have them be the one that fulfills you for the rest of your life. Empty is definitely a word that I don't want to throw around because it's a harsh word because I don't know if it's ever, like, I don't, there's definitely times when it doesn't feel empty, yeah. but there's, it always feels like, I don't know, it's, it's, there's something, 
there's something just not there as it should be. It hasn't been substantiated by God, like in the confines of a marriage where, where one person vows to fulfill the other person and vice versa and, and use that um, with uh, being fulfilled by God first. Just like moving forward in my life, treating or, or even abstaining from, from the type of interactions so that you can grow in the right way. And I think that's actually the, the point that I've, I've learned is when you involve physical intimacy with somebody, you miss out on growing with them in the right, in the right way. Mm-hmm. Where you can totally get to know somebody and stuff, but it turns into one of those things where like you're hanging out, you're bored, what do you do? Oh, let's go make out and fool around or whatever. But instead, like if that's not an option on the table, I feel that there's a lot more connection and a lot more growth and a lot more deep discussions that, that could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like in the, especially with the prompt, with the promise that one day these things will be part of the relationship and that can be a beautiful thing in and of itself. So what was it that made you change your mind? Like I said, I, I've, I've had, you know, serious relationships and those ended for one reason or another. And I just felt, I don't know, like I needed to really focus on my spiritual relationship um, with God. It's something that I hadn't really, like I've, I've been a Christian my, my whole life, mm. like I've gone to church my whole life, but I've never really put him first in every aspect of my life. Mm. Like I would go to church on Sundays, you know, I'd go to a community group and, and read Christian books and, and pray with people and stuff. But when it came to like, like disciplines, like tithing and, and uh, meditation and uh, fasting, I, I just decided that there's a lot in my life that's unsettled and a lot of decisions that I have to make in my life. And I was getting extremely overwhelmed and extremely stressed. Mm. And I knew that, you know, for 29 years, I've tried to do what I, what I do is fix everything. Mm. And I haven't been able to do that. So it's one of those kind of out of just giving up in a way where I'm the one place that I never truly turned for true fulfillment was God. Mm. So I'm definitely on a, uh, I'm in the beginning stages of this journey. It's kind of one of those, um, I'm just having faith because there's people I respect that have gone through this process and, and they have definitely uh, received the fruits of the disciplines. And so I'm trusting the people I respect that if I go down this path and if I give myself to God in the right way, then I will be more fulfilled. And not saying it's going to be easy. Like it's definitely not an easy thing, right. but it's having a clear direction and having a clear goal already feels much more fulfilling than trying to fix my own life, I guess. Hmm. And in a lot of ways, it sounds like we're, we put this thing on ourselves, like we're not going to do this and this and this, mm-hmm. we're going to abstain from this, this and this. But in a lot of ways, that does make you feel more would you agree that you feel more free in abstaining from things than feeling burdened or enslaved by those things that you thought were just okay? Like, you know, you could put sex and drugs and any kind of other things that are driven by our, right. our pleasures. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, they, they, in a lot of ways, can enslave us when they're not put into that. Not that drugs are ever... Well, I guess right. medically... Um, but you know those those things where if we're driven by just our pleasure 
it, there, like you say, it could be so empty because at the end of it, there's no substance. At the end of that, it's it's not giving glory to the creator that made those things to either help us or to bless us in the right context. Right. I I think kind of like a, a grand arc answer to that would be it's it's realizing that there's a time and a place for everything. Mm-hmm. And realizing that a lot of the things that are a lot of fun in life are things that God has given us to enjoy. But if you strictly look at those things for fulfillment, you're going to come up empty. And I, I feel like that's what I'm learning about me is that when, like, let's say I want to have a couple beers when I, instead of, instead of just going out and doing that, like I might take a moment and say like, well, why do I want to do that? Or if I'm feeling lonely one day or something, like why, why, why am I feeling that? And why not trust the people that have counseled me and in that moment turn and read, and read some verses in the Bible or listen to a podcast or pray or try and get um, fulfilled by God, by my relationship with God as opposed to by anything else. It doesn't even matter if it's a good thing. It could be food. Like fasting is something that I've definitely learned is extremely beneficial mm-hmm. because during the day I'm starving, but mm-hmm. every time I feel that that pain in my stomach, it reminds me that God is the ultimate nur- nur- uh, nurture of of my life. And yeah. and the days that that I've done that, I've I've felt very spiritual and close to Him, mm-hmm. and um, better I guess than some other days in a weird way. It's interesting because it's like. We are kind of always ending up back in the Garden of Eden with that apple. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like we we can all be in Eve's place just like making that decision every day, you know, like mm-hmm. do I go with what my body wants and what my mind wants uh, and what I think like might be good in the moment or do I go with what God wants and like right. what he has told me that he wants. And I mean, and, and that's exactly why like my mindset towards dating is, is where it is right now is because... I want you know the women I date to have the right characteristics of somebody that I do want as a wife one day. So as opposed to just like, oh yeah, we get along, it's it's great, and being fulfilled by companionship, you're yeah. you're, mm. you're fulfilled by the spiritual energy of the other person, and you challenge each other, and you grow together, and you can discuss things like that, and it's and it's I just see that as like a very beautiful thing that if you lay the foundation with the spiritual truths. And the and the spiritual interactions, then all the other stuff is like it heightens it. It's like you mm-hmm. can still enjoy all the other facets of a relationship, but it's doing it with the right lens on, or even without a lens. It's just kind of like you're actually seeing this type of interaction for like what it is, and not as the end game. It's it's part of the relationship, not what the relationship is ultimately. Yeah, we have. I have a pair of friends. Uh, who are married, but they were one of those rare couples that waited to kiss until they were actually in front of all their friends and family getting married, which in my last podcast, I said that was never going to be me. <laughs> uh, but I think that what their their explanation of that was, then you you have to get to know each other because you can't just like hang out and like like start making out and like that's the thing that you do together you actually have to find other ways to grow in your relationship than just in the physical and I thought that was a beautiful thing so like I said in my last podcast I compromised and like engagement was the time that I would engage 
physically, kissing. but kissing, <laughs> only kissing. You can say kissing. Yeah. You can say the word. Yes. So <laughs> it's like, I still get like, Oh, um, but, but I think there's something to be said about what you were saying, you know, growing it together spiritually, growing together in foundations of what you want for each other's lot li- in each other's life. And, until you do get married, you never know. Like, that could be somebody else's wife, somebody else's husband. Sure. And I just think, you know, people who have who live with regret, not that I want to emphasize regret or anything, but if people have given themselves to someone before they're married and, like, ended up not being married to that person, I think that there's a lot of weight mm. and sadness in that kind of loss. That 70s show... Uh, was written, was co-written by this uh, Act One uh, faculty. His name is Dean Vitali, and he always comes and speaks to our students about how Donna and Eric Eric decided to abstain from sex after having had a sexual relationship because there was, I guess there was a um, priest or a pastor Pastor, that told him, well, you don't want to deny yourself even if you do the end gift it together, of yourself. yeah, the gift of yourself. Hmm. And without even being spiritual, he took this, was it a pastor? It was a pastor figure yeah. that gave them this even kind of secular idea that was void of just, just the religious. Because I think a lot of people do get caught up in just the law. And again, like being legalistic is never, is not that helpful really right. when you're trying to develop a relationship with God. It's not. And then people also know. like make a really big deal about sexual stuff without also looking at like all of the other areas. Like I, it all comes from the same like human urges, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and so a lot of times people just like, they're like, Oh, I'm totally like gluttonous and I get drunk all the time. But like, Mm-hmm. Never had sex, like I'm a saint, you know, or like if yeah. you have sex, you're awful and a horrible person. Yeah. But it, you know, it's like, like you said, we have to put everything in context, right? And like everything that God gives us, and that's kind of like, like going back to like something you asked at the beginning of of like the Christian dating culture and like what's wrong with it is that I'm 29 and I'm just now learning, like, oh, this is why you don't have sex in a relationship mm. or like this is why you need to focus on mm-hmm. it. So it's like growing up, we were always taught to not do these things. And of course we know the law and mm-hmm. then we, we know don't, don't do this and don't do that. But my particular upbringing, we, we were never really shown why or mm. really good examples of, of just trusting, you know, our mentors, um, of, of knowing that there's something beautiful on the other side. It's, it's just coming from a place of shame and sin mm-hmm. and stuff. It's like a great example is I went on a lot of choir trips from, with, with my church. And uh, a lot of times we'd be driving at night. And so we would have the counselors sit amongst the bus to make sure that, you know, <laughs> you know the, the kids weren't canoodling. Mm. Or, or leave room for the Holy Spirit. Leave room for the Holy Spirit. Don't, uh, don't make the purple or, or, you know, you mix the red, the, the, the pink and the blue. I don't know. Um, but, but I mean, like, and like, I do agree that, that monitoring interactions like that amongst teens when hormones are raging and stuff is a smart thing. We were never taught the other side of the coin. Yeah. It was just, oh, when I like a girl, I can't do it at church. Mm. I, I can't like her at church. I have to do it like at school. And then if she wants to come with me to church, that's fine. But like if I went to a youth group with a girl I was dating, like I didn't feel like I could put my arm around her or something mm-hmm. because then I'm not focusing on God. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like inviting. I was never taught 
how to have God be in the relationship. Mm, gosh, yeah. Which I think is a big problem. It's a yeah. big problem. Because you're totally just separating at that point. Like, oh, absolutely. God, yeah. Here is my relationship. Of, here are all yeah. of my romantic feelings. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and it kind of like puts women on this like weird pedestal yeah. of, of, oh, they, I see them as this like flower, this Fabergé egg you can't touch. And if you do, you have to wear these gloves because they're delicate and you don't want to, mm-hmm. you, you don't want to harm their purity. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, wait, I'm a guy. And if I want to interact with them, then I'm going to make them unpure. Does that mean that I'm unclean? Mm-hmm. Does that mean that my desires are unclean? <laughs> You're going to ruin her. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ruin her by, <laughs> by trying to make advances on her or yeah. something. And, and, and I don't think that's good. And I do think that that girl, I mean, I'm, I wasn't raised a girl, but I, I do think in my experience that I've seen girls raised to put up these boundaries and like, that's all they're taught. They're never taught how to use the, um, guys are asking them out the assertiveness. assertiveness. Yeah. How to use the assertiveness of guys as a positive thing. Yeah. And, and I don't think guys and were ever taught not to, as a threat, but right. As... Like I don't, I was never taught how to date. Yeah. I was never shown mm. how to date. We were, we were we were never taught how to be husbands and wives. We were just taught to not have sex. Mm-hmm. That's a good quote. Yeah, that's really good. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that. And, and, and really teaching us the roles of marriage. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm 29. I'm just now getting into discussions with my friends and my pastor about what it means to be a man, especially mm. in today's society oh, yeah. when it's hard to be, I think it's really hard to be an assertive man in a relationship without offending the quote-unquote feminist women in this world. Uh, <laughs> uh, to you know, it's because we we want to show them independence, but at the same time, we there is like this need to be the leader in a relationship, but yeah. not be a domineering per, a figure. Mm-hmm. Like work together. I don't know. It's frustrating. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. we, we want to dedicate an entire episode of what that really means, what that looks like for a dude. How do you ask a girl out? Like, what are the basics of how to date? Because... Let me know if you find that out. Yeah. I was just going to ask you. Like, <laughs> yeah, what, I know. What are, what are your thoughts on this? Like, how are, how are you now engaging in the dating culture of Like, today? within the church. Or just in general, general, just in general. general. I mean, does it have um, to be separate? You know, like. And that's the thing is that yeah. I I don't I don't think it has to be separate. Yeah. I think it I think that the church should welcome appropriate romantic interactions. I think they absolutely should foster it and say. I mean, I've heard quotes from girls being like, "I didn't come to church to get asked out," and I'm like, oh. and I'm like, but is if all the play places you meet a girl, would this not be the best place to yeah, meet her totally. to start your relationship with worshiping together as opposed to, Oh, I met her at a bar and we both like the same beer. Yeah. Yeah. Which wouldn't be a bad thing. Which wouldn't be a bad thing. I like beer. And, and if I can share a beer with a girl, that's absolutely great. Yeah. But no, but I mean like for me, um, it's, it's, it's weird. It's kind of like getting to the important things a lot quick, quicker and, trusting that the other things will follow mm-hmm. uh you know the condition of her heart uh, uh if if she goes to church where she goes to church uh, like her opinions on on god if she worships how she worships and and stuff like that and uh spiritual compatibility the I, things that you would build a marriage the on. things that yeah. you would build a marriage yeah. on and i think that as a guy um especially in the realm of a church it's like oh she's a christian she loves god she's nice Everything else doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's almost like this pressure of even if you might not be fully attracted to her yeah. physically or, you know, your movie tastes are completely different. So you can't share that. She loves God. So that's enough. 
and you should be able to to like let the other stuff go and not have that be an important factor. So when you start to date a girl, it's it's like this pressure of you have to figure out very early on if she's going to be your wife or not. And I feel and I feel that there's a lot of pressure from the girl to be this godly man without fault and like have everything figured out. When I think I would love girls to just realize we're not perfect at all how have you felt that pressure have, have have there been like specific instances in which you have felt that because that's interesting i mean these have have come up in conversations with some of my really close female friends um uh, i haven't actually had a girl come to me and say oh you're not going to be a pastor therefore we can't date kind of, <laughs> right. kind of thing but i mean i i i do I, I sense it more than anything else how it's i don't know i think I think a lot of it has to do with romantic comedies and these Mm. romance movies and stuff is because the same way that porn is seen as such a negative thing because it it has these unrealistic expectations of what women should be. I honestly think that these movies are doing the exact same thing for women in the emotional sense. And it's totally, it's acceptable. It's totally acceptable. And so I've heard so many girls say, I just want them to sweep me off my feet. I just want him to to make the first move and and do something romantic. And I'm like, you're not doing anything to help with that. You're literally just sitting there waiting for him to do something. Do something. Put yourself in the position to be pursued. Don't just sit there and expect them to walk across the room and say, hi, I thought you were pretty. Let's go out and get some dinner. Yeah, so how can women help and be active in that? Like, do you have some tips? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I was just having this debate with some friends. I guess the first thing that comes to mind would be understand that sex is something that guys want and not seeing that as a bad thing and trusting that he is going to use it in the right way or approach it in the right way. This this actually happened to me recently. I'm taking a trip to Austin soon and I was I was going to crash with a female friend of mine and uh, I have a guy friend of and we uh, and we're going to crash on her couch or something and and I got a text saying uh, my roommate's not comfortable with two strange guys staying mm. in staying in the apartment which is fine like I mean I obviously don't want to push boundaries but it kind of hit me I'm like so by default you have to protect yourself against us mm. and I guess that would kind of be the attitude that I think needs to change I do and this is not to say that there are not men out there that are aggressive and abusive I, I do think that you should protect yourself against that mm-hmm. but in the if you don't allow yourself to open up into a relationship we're gonna get tired and we're gonna get frustrated because we don't have unlimited resources to say oh you're protecting yourself but I'm gonna keep look how much I'm showing you that you can trust me it's like all, all a lot of energy for guys goes towards showing us that we're not going to sex- sexually abuse you. Like, we're not going to make you feel uncomfortable. Well, yeah. there's. I think there's two sides there, too. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. There, there, is, there is, like, the guy that is going to treat you well and not push boundaries and, like, make everything good in the context of you pursuing one, each other, I would say each other, and the guy, yes, wanting sex but not pursuing pursuing that avenue in the relationship right. but there is also the guy that will yeah and push, absolutely and like put your you and your partner whoever um in in a situation where the temptation is too much like i think that the protecting yourself has to come from both sides but just speaking from a woman's point of view it's also realizing that 
men do have se- do want sex, but so do women. Mm. Absolutely. And even though I could say that that's not happening, there could be instances in which you know you you cross lines and then you cross it a little more and then you push that back. Yeah. Back a so more. yeah, I'm not saying that this couchsurfing sure. scenario is that, but I'm right. saying within a dating scenario, you bo- both can be Christians. That doesn't mean that you're going to right. But I think the key is like instead of being scared of that is to develop in your own virtue. And because I think that that has to do with why Christians are also so bad at flirting. It's like, (laughs) we just like shut ourselves down. Right. I think it's because a lot of Christians use their boundaries as an offense as opposed to as a defense. Yeah. Mm. Can you explain that? Because I like that. I like that. So I've only witnessed women having, the boundaries of women are more seen than the boundaries of men. And I, I think that's a problem because men should be taught to have boundaries and to respect themselves more, like growing up in the church and stuff, which definitely is not seen. It's all about uh, uh, respect the woman and the woman is taught to set boundaries. Yeah. And so, so that inherently is a problem. But I feel sometimes like, you know, if you were to, if like as a guy, like if I'm, if I'm dating a girl and, and I want to, let's say, kiss her for the first time. I don't want to have to feel that by doing that, she's immediately putting her guard up and saying, oh, I'm not going to have sex with you. And it's <laughs> like, well, I want to, I do want to move this relationship forward. A part of my expression of affection is kissing. So why should I at all feel bad for just kissing you? So in that sense, without being put in the situation of, oh, is he going to try and sleep with me? Is he going to try to push my boundaries? I feel that the the boundary could be put up pre- prematurely. Yeah. Mm. So so that's what I mean about an offense instead of a defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's really good. I could go in with your guard up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which is a losing battle because anything I try to do to push the relationship forward, which is ultimately like what we as guys, like that I feel that in a weird way that's our role, I guess. In a in a it's 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 weird. But like like, you know, the girls, unless she's super aggressive, might not say, okay, now let's hang out more here. Like the guy needs to be the pursuer. Yeah. I like being the pursuer. I don't want a yeah. girl to like, you know dictate like, your relationship. To dictate yeah. my relationship. Yeah. And it's not a controlling thing. It's just like I yeah. I feel fulfilled when I can kind of control the pace of a relationship. Right. I mean, I'm sure we have some feminists out there that might disagree, but I mean, I'm there with you. I, I think well, it's not a disrespectful thing. It's no, not, not a controlling at all. thing. Yeah, and I, I don't see thing. it. As, yeah. I don't see it as that. But we're not going to talk about feminism <laughs> right now. Uh, I, I just think about that first episode with John Rittner, who is both of our pastors. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talked about physical, whatever it is, kissing, holding hands. I mean, even sex. There's there's certain. Um, points in a relationship where that's appropriate. I think where it gets confusing, speaking as a woman, once you hit that physical uh, boundary, whether it's holding hands or kissing or otherwise, it's like I I would feel like suddenly we're in some kind of relationship that Mm -hmm. is more than just Hey, we're hanging out, or hey, we're de- like if you have not had the conversation of like we are actually dating now, yeah. which does not happen. I think like once you kiss a girl, and then it's like you're not serious with each other, like that that can lead to a lot of heartache because you're not talking about the state of the relationship before engaging in something physical. And John talks about this in the first episode. Imagine if you are stepping into a sexual relationship and not having discussion of whether you're actually together i mean that's not even talking about marriage it's just like oh we're sleeping together and but you're seeing other people that makes you know like 
Right. So that is definitely something that culturally we're just confused about, and we don't、Absolutely. know how to to talk about these things because it's supposed to be this casual culture now. It's like this hookup culture. It's this like we're we're just going to do whatever we want without having a discussion, without regard to one another's heart, without regard to one another's emotions, and even spiritual well being. So it is a confusing state we live in, but. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so in conclusion, what what do you want to make known? Like, what is it that you want to tell guys? What do you tell the world? Or, what do I want to tell the world? Or, about, or tell yeah, tell like what is it that would what would Morgan say would make things just a lot easier for everybody? Or if you had your magic wand, if I had my magic、yeah. wand, well, I I think I would need to speak to the males and the females separately. The males, I would say, respect yourself in your urges. Like, don't feel disgrace for wanting or desiring a woman in a sexual way. That's how you were built. That's how you were wired.、Mm-hmm. Understand the, that there's a time and a place for everything, and if you use that respectfully, trust that there's like this beautiful connection on the other side of it.、Mm-hmm. And to women, I would just say, let guys in. You know, I mean, it's it's don't don't shut us out without giving us the opportunity to. Show you that we can be godly men, and that we 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 might not be you know a married man with kids and a house and a steady job and like this idealistic、uh, husband in、mm-hmm. your mind, but we have a direction, we have a journey, and we want to be a good husband to you. And in turn, we expect that you want to be a good wife to us. That's good, but I hear husband and wife, and there's too many people out there, men and women. Who don't necessarily have that as a goal. So I mean, I think the caveat to all of what you're saying is whether people are about serious relationships or not. I mean, I think that's having、hmm. that's the conversation that needs to happen. Like, are we in this for the goal of having a serious relationship? Well, it's then, all about expectations. Expectations. I think that is yeah, the conversation like, that gets missed. Whatever expectations you're having that you're not communicating, you're measuring. Every、mm-hmm. person up against those,、mm-hmm. sure. You know, and and that's what then everybody's just coming up against these expectations without even knowing what they are. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, because、mm-hmm. and they could be, you know, like the white picket fence and the two point five kids and、right. the dog in the house and、mm-hmm. the steady job, whatever. But you know, there are plenty of women looking for. Just like I don't know, yeah, the motorcycle guy who <laughs> treats、right. them like crap, <laughs> you know. Unfortunately,、yeah. so、yeah. so 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 I I guess you're saying a healthy thing would be when you meet somebody and you're and you're interested in them, just take it a day at a time. Yeah, well, that makes sense、yeah. to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not suggesting that your first date has to be about your five year plan or. Of course not. Yeah,、no. I mean, I think that there is like what you're saying is really good. Like, actually, women. Get to know a guy before you completely shut them down,、yeah. because if they're not on that first date or that first interaction exactly what you think you want in a husband, you can still be open. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And guys be willing to get to know a woman as、mm. well. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 I think there's a lot of jumping the gun on what we, like you just said, expect out of a relationship before we even get to know them.、Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what dating is. Yeah, that's、Ooh. what dating is. Did we just solve the mystery? <laughs> solve the no, mystery? No, we didn't. All right. Not at all. <laughs> It's the last podcast, everybody. We're done. Problem solved. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Morgan, for just lending us your insight on the world of dating as a Christian, and 
Again, you've affirmed that everyone's just confused, but that's okay because we have this conversation together. We have the dialogue Mm -hmm. and I think the more we talk, the better it'll get. Mm -hmm. And the important thing is just for everybody to be willing to tell their stories or not their whole stories, but just have the conversation. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you. I love Morgan. Yeah, he was really cool. He's been going to my church for a while, but we just started becoming climbing buddies. And um, as he kind of alluded to, we just were talking on our way back to our car just about our podcast and how he had his opinion about stuff. And I'm so glad that he made himself vulnerable to actually tell his story because I think a lot of people are in that place Mm -hmm. that he is in. Uh, I, a, a lot of good points he made. One, intimacy and sex being confused with one another. Mm-hmm. I just think our generation doesn't do that well. I, honestly, I think it's throughout all generations. I think they just confuse sex, intimacy, and they aren't the same yeah. at all. Because yeah. you and I have talked many times about physical intimacy and emotional intimacy and how those are such impactful things on a person's soul. Yeah. <laughs> and their heart. Yeah. Another thing that he brought up was growing up in the church. Mm-hmm. with only quote-unquote purity but not really being told why or how yeah I, that so resonated with many, both of us right yeah i think less than me i think honestly it's a little bit more in the in the protestant church do you guys talk about this a lot in the catholic we don't circles talk that? about purity as much as we talk about chastity uh and they're yeah. re- they really are two different they things they are they are. And because purity is much more focused on, like, just your state. Yeah. And chastity know? seems more about... It's a virtue. You're, like, active. And it's active and it's... Yeah. Yeah. And so because of that, I think what I have observed is that people who grow up in churches that really emphasize purity have more issues with the shame of sex. Yeah. And the shame of losing your virginity and feeling ruined Mm. and a little bit more than people who grew up in churches that emphasized chastity more. Although that's not to say that my church really was super strong on chastity either. But just generally. Yeah. You're saying. I I would say uh, I would I would agree with that. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about like Catholic. Catholicism in <laughs> Catholic circles or community, well, other than my Filipino family, but I don't hang out with them that much. <laughs> uh, but there's this thing, okay, like sex is bad. You know, we, yeah, that's that's just the stigma that we're given as believers. Like the Bible says this, but we're we're not really given tools to deal with our natural God-given desires. Yeah, and to be quite honest, I'm not sure if the church, Catholic or Protestant, does it well. And yeah. that's part of the reason why we're doing yeah. this podcast. That's exactly you know, right. but it's something to be acknowledged and to be to, sex being bad it's is a lie. Yeah. <laughs> um we all want it one way or another, or at least we want intimacy mm-hmm. and again we just confuse the two. Uh one last thing when we hit we stopped recording, but Borgen was saying that he looked up cherish because yeah. he grew up being told to cherish a woman right and that has a certain connotation but he looked it up recently he said and to cherish means to protect and care for which is not necessarily what i think most people think of when they say like women are this these dainty things you mm-hmm. know like protecting 
women and caring for women are good things, it doesn't mean that you have to treat them like this piece of glass or this yeah. delicate flower that they're I mean, you and I are certainly not those things. We right. want to be cared for. We want to be protected in in a way that a man can, but we also are fiercely independent in mm-hmm. a lot of ways as well and we can take care of ourselves. It's interesting because protection can have kind of two different connotations and I, I think that those are getting confused a little bit. Where there's the protection where you're focused on the fragility of whatever you're protecting and then like, you know, you know, like a vase and like putting it in bubble wrap and putting it in a box that's surrounded by a fluffy material so that it, you know, won't get broken over. <laughs> and then there's protecting it from external stuff. Mm. And I would, I want that kind of protector where it's like we can both look out onto the world mm-hmm. and they're like trying to defend me against whatever is coming our way rather than like the person who's turned towards me with like kids gloves and is trying to figure out mm. how they can handle me because they see me as this right because like, in a lot of ways that's condescending it's yeah kind of and objectifying as yeah. well you know yeah. because like even if someone sees you as a beautiful vase or like the most beautiful vase that god has mm-hmm. ever made that's still looking at you like an object yeah. I mean, I people that know me know that I want to be protecting I want us to protect our house together. I yeah. want to protect <laughs> side by side. I want to be warriors together. Well, you had a date at a shooting range. Oh yeah, it was Valentine's Day. It was the best <laughs> Valentine's Day ever. Uh, yes, exactly. So, you know, I but there is a way that men and women protect each other. Mm. And but I think it's different than I think what Morgan was pointing out is that it doesn't have to be what everyone else was has has thought about it for so long. Like we're yeah. not the re- we're not the damsels in distress of fairy tales. Yeah, women that is right. Yeah, <laughs> I really want to bring up the Bible. Verse. Oh, all right. This is we have a very special one for you guys today. <laughs> that as soon as we kind of found this by accident, but as soon as we did, we couldn't stop laughing. Or at least I couldn't that. stop laughing. It was too much. So. We're looking at Proverbs 31, 3. Do not give your vigor to women <laughs> or your strength to those who ruin kings. <laughs> it's like, what does that even mean? I know. I don't know what that means. In Proverbs is just how you, know, you pick a verse out. But it, like, what? Yeah, it's it just just that phrasing, do not give your vigor to women, <laughs> sounded hilarious to us. Yeah. So... In relation to what Morgan was talking about, this thing about intimacy and men wanting sex and not being afraid of that and Christians really acknowledging that, you know, in the end, this 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 whole chapter, it, it talks about like men. The value not, of a good woman. The value of a good woman. Yeah. Um, but also not giving giving themselves to unworthy yeah. women. Right. And that, you know, women are not to give themselves to unworthy men, but, you know, not to give in access to drinking and all of those things. And just to be to to be virtuous and to uphold themselves with integrity. Proverbs 31 is famous for its description of a godly woman. So when it says do not give your vigor to women, I mean, it goes on with just what is the right way and who is the right person to do that for yeah. and to. And women, we just need to know not just our boundaries, because he talked about like women only know how to put up boundaries, but it really is about giving of yourself appropriately at the right time, at the right moment in the relationship. Mm-hmm. 
so even knowing the context for everything exactly and so giving even emotional intimacy to somebody you've been dating for a week might be jumping the gun so just a warning i guess so no no real life dating moment this week huh well i mean so i was in kentucky recently the the only kind of uh blip on the dating radar for me is that I met this guy online and only exchanged a couple messages with him. The first of one was the first one was I feel sad we don't live in the same city because he lives on the other side of the country. And the second message was like um yeah, maybe we can talk next week. In between he sent me really long emails, but once I said that I was in Kentucky, he was like, oh, maybe I can drive down. And he, this is like, he lives like at least a day away of driving. Yeah, a little one way. much. A little and much. I was like, and I mean, he tried to frame it like, oh, this might be a silly idea, but do you have a car? And, you know, because it's closer to me to drive to Kentucky than mm. to California. And I was mm-hmm. like, I mean, it made me feel honestly a little bit um, creeped out because even though he didn't. He, I think he tried to put it in a non-creepy way because he was like, this is a silly idea. But I was like, I mean, who is it that you think I am? If You've seen my profile and you've seen my pictures, but you've only had actually two communications from me. Yeah, a little, a little too and much. Then, but then it's like it created this huge question for me because my mom was like, do it. Why not? You know, live a little. Like, it's safe down here, you know. And I was like, yeah, but if someone drive, takes an entire day of their lives to drive down to meet me, I would feel so much pressure. And then to, like, first of all, hang out with them, which is taking time away from my family, which I only get to see once or twice a year. And also just to, like, hang out and be really nice. And But, like, what if the moment we meet, I'm like, uh, uh like, because I've, I've had right. that from online dates right. where it's like, you're nothing like your profile right. picture. And for him to drive all that way. All that way. Yeah. And then have to spend an entire day driving back after I'm like, after seeing that, like, maybe look on my face. Yeah. A little, a little uh, too much. So We're, we have to do it, that episode about what is creepy and what is certain. Yeah. <laughs> is there a difference? Yeah, because, I mean, I tried to look at it like, well, you know, I can look at this as a positive. Like, you know, he really sees something in me and I, you know, like, yeah. which. But, and, how- but it's like, it's so crazy because these guys in L.A., there's some guys that I see literally every single week and talk to every single week and won't ask me out for whatever reason and I'm not angry about it or frustrated I'm just you know who knows like literally God knows what what reason but then like this random guy online is willing to put so much time and effort into just seeing me one time it comes off a little desperate which is also unattractive that's that is true and he he, yeah I I mean there's a lot about it that (laughs) But anyway, I mean, it's just so weird how there's just such a spectrum of assertiveness. Yeah. (laughs) An episode to be determined. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you? What about the wedding? (laughs) Uh, As of today, as of the recording of this episode, uh, we are setting our engagement slash save the date photos um so we're trying to figure out where to do that when to do that we just talked to a wedding photographer so 
expect your save to date mash oh. <laughs> maybe within the next four weeks hopefully sooner than that because we did set a date we set a date for uh new year's which we're really excited about new year's eve so that's gonna be a huge party for all of our friends <laughs> it's just eh, it's just an excuse for a really cool new year's party mm. yeah well thank you for listening to our podcast this has been episode 12 of fishers of men a podcast about relationship and your walk with jesus Today you heard from my friend, Morgan Ayers. If you have questions, comments, or feedback, please email us at fishersofmenpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear your opinions. Um, Or drop us a comment on our website at fishersofmenpodcast.com. We're also on Facebook under Fishers of Men and on Twitter as at LA Gone Fishing. And please rate us on iTunes and leave us your comments there as well. We'd love to hear about your real-life dating moments, or just feel free to send us... Anything. Anything. Uh, just drop us a line. We'd love to hear from um, you out there. Uh, I'm Laura Samara. I'm Mary Ashley Burton. Until next time, keep swimming. This podcast was made possible by the support of Project Launch in Burbank, California. Project Launch bridges the gap between their clients and their customers through face-to-face direct sales and consulting. Go to www.projectlaunchinc.com for more information.